know what you put on your socks. <laughs> Get cozy. Uh, no coffee for you? Uh, no, I left mine out outside. That's oh, fine. all right, all right, yeah. okay. It's, I'm just gonna nuke it after this anyway. Ooh, nuking coffee—that's a—that's a new. That's one. a bold strategy, huh? <laughs> for real though. Yeah. I don't know. It happens. Yeah. It's kind of if you, if you can't get your fix in the morning, kind of got to nuke it. It tastes a little funkier, but you know, it, it, so it goes. I think the real strategy would be see if you can get that really good coconut cream again, the one that isn't garbage. Uh. Yeah, that'll be hard. Yeah. I mean, the half and half that we have now isn't terrible, bad, but... Oh, the one that you... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah the weird beige carton. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess we can kick it off. Cool. Uh, I'm Christoph, uh, otherwise known as Quacker, everywhere online, K-W-A-K-R, uh, Twitter, Instagram, should be able to search it and find it. Uh, some of them might be reserved. I have underscore before one of them. Uh, whatever one it may be, who knows? Uh, I'm too lazy to check now, but maybe on a future episode we'll kind of recover our tags and where to find us and whatever. I should also be Quacker on Keybase and uh, also on Unsplash. Cool. Sounds great, Chris. Uh, I am Paul. Uh, my online handle would be Pinjasaur, that is P-I-N-J-A-S-A-U-R, on most things similar to Christoph here. Neato. And then, so, uh, this is our first episode of our podcast. We don't really have a solid name <laughs> for it yet, but we're going to figure that out kind of as it goes along and kind of... Uh, when we uh, figure out, kind of hone in on what we're doing. But in general, uh, we're both... Um, computer people and we're both um, people people as well so there's going to be a kind of a wide uh, range of topics stuff like uh, tech news um, technical install stuff uh, like this first episode we're going to be talking about installing linux mint onto a work machine kind of the uh, intro to do's on that getting a work environment set up but you know tangents are abound we could talk about anything from uh coffee to work complaints to cars to who whatever else you know the, there's there's a lot to cover i, I would definitely say we're, we're some interesting people for sure recording this is easy in theory as we're roommates for the time being uh we're both attending college and we should both uh, graduate at the end of this uh, academic year, so that's this an exciting is, time. For reference, being recorded on October twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. Oh yeah. At approximately two forty three p.m. Eastern time. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're up in the the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, uh, going to a university that's up here. That's better than another university that's also in the same place. Ooh. For the thing that we're doing at the bare minimum. Um, so have fun knowing what that is. You probably do. Or a quick Google away will answer all of your questions. But I think <laughs> hopping right into the uh, topic at hand for, for installing Linux Mint, uh, I've had some frustration with uh, Linux installs in the past. I would consider Paul out of the two of us to be kind of the tech guru god uh and so uh in in this d dynamic we kind of have the uh jester and the uh 
scientist, I suppose. I don't really know a better analogy. There's definitely some out there, but that was off the top of my head. And uh, yeah, so you know, I, I appreciate the compliment. I obviously I've been doing Linux stuff for a while. I would say since high school. So I've got a couple installs underneath my underneath my belt here. But yeah. So Christoph, what's your uh, what, what, why did you choose Linux Mint in particular? What was your kind of any I don't know features or things that drew you to that particular distribution? Yeah, I've dabbled with Linux before in high school, but uh, much little success. The first time I actually dabbled with Linux was uh, my high school uh, was selling a lot of its old uh, computer systems, kind of e-waste type stuff. So for, I think, $2 a piece, I bought <laughs> 10 desktops. <laughs> so with a 20 yeah. in hand, I got um, 10 desktops of variable condition components or whatever else. Uh, and then I brought them home in the trunk of my car and I started uh, fiddling around with uh, Linux at the time, kind of as with everyone's uh, first Linux kind of wheels is uh, Ubuntu. Uh, and that's not any uh, slight to it at all. Ubuntu is obviously, arguably, one of the most stable and popular. So it's pretty um, approachable. I would say similar sure. to the Linux Mint, especially if you're coming from maybe a Windows kind of yeah. environment. Yeah, right. And pre-Linux, pre I've definitely uh, been a Windows uh, user. Unfortunately, I did not have any Unix-based systems on my own uh, growing up, or I guess technically even now. But uh, the reasons I chose uh, Mint were just because the, the kind of the modernness of it, kind of the aesthetic, the fact that it is quite stable. It will give me a stable Unix uh, development environment, which is always crucial. And I guess the tiny little hipster token of not being uh, the ninth person to install Ubuntu and have it around. Hey, but... Really, at least you don't run Arch, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, and and if we had a comment section, they would all be very upset right now. Um, <laughs> In before install Gentile. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> oh no. Um. But uh, yeah. So just kind of the modern. Um. I guess I could go as far. I might be so bold to say Mac esque environment that it provides i really don't think that that's too far off the mark i truly believe that's kind of what mint was going for when they did their uh, the designs um, it kind of shows a lot of that i'm not sure how the current um mac oh i see oh nice the true mac yeah yeah, yeah 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 sure. so there's one called elementary os that people seem to really like in terms of Maybe being a macOS replacement, especially from the the, the the UI is really the thing that drives it. Obviously, um, if you're unfamiliar with Mac, uh, just a general audience out there, it's really based off of uh, BSD, which goes back to the roots of Unix. Um, so that's kind of the uh, really the roots of Mac, um, but. Being that it's Unix-like, you can kind of slap any Linux distro on there and get a lot of the same sort of feature set. Not entirely. There's differences, but Elementary.io is the website for Elementary.io. has some pretty good screenshots. Um, I have messed around with it uh, a couple years ago. It's It's been a few years since I really checked it out, but sure. it seemed to work fine. I mean, it was definitely in for maybe more of a more sleek, kind of pretty experience. Um, obviously, lots of kind of 
I don't know, different uh, you know, takes on the whole Linux experience. You can get something sleek and modern like this, or you can have somebody who lives in the command line entirely. Right, yeah. And I think I definitely find myself uh, somewhere in the middle between those two. Right. Yeah. I, I, I've wanted to dabble in the command line a bit more. Still need to get uh, kind of Emacs and Tmux under my belt with some more... Uh, proficiency so I definitely am much more of a uh, GUI or GUI, GUI. Uh, user uh, at the moment but you know I don't think there's really shame in either um, and definitely feels like you need a degree sometimes to play around in uh, Tmux Emacs terminal command line D stuff but in reality uh, once you get past that kind of initial hump of like, what am I doing? Oh my God, what am I doing? Uh, it kind of starts going a lot smoother. And then just the more you use it, the better you get as with most things. But Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As we're going over this right now, I just have Rufus, um, which is a really perfect tool for Windows devices to create bootable ISO keys. Um, I just slapped a... a USB key into my machine and uh, put my uh, Linux Mint 19. I did Cinnamon. Uh, I'm sacrificing a slight amount of stability from Cinnamon versus Mate. Um, don't really mind on that as Cinnamon has a few more uh, quote-unquote modern features. Um, so then I think in theory with that we should be good to go. My USB key says ready and uh, in theory, I can now. I forgot what my BIOS key for this machine is. Time to just slap all of them. I know, there. yeah. On the bright side, it, you should, from the previous installs on this machine, you shouldn't have to disable Secure Boot or anything like that. So we should be yes. all set. Yeah, which so, is good. Yeah, it should definitely be good on that. While I'm waiting for that machine to shut down, I want to make. I wonder sure. if the, the the click clacks from the keyboards show up on the microphone. Hundred percent, especially I think on on yours. Yeah, I that's was fair. also bottoming out on that one, um, just to sl slap. Oh God, no! What was it? Uh, sorry, I'm panicking because I'm booting in right now and I'm trying all of the. the uh, it might be delete too. I think that's it, an it might be. One. I tried escape first, so we'll find out. Should have also, could have also done my due diligence before recording to find it out. But hey, man, that's no, kind of no, what we're here about. No, 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 this is a, this is a live about. thing for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. no. Yeah. Right, yeah, we're we're here to uh, educate is the idea. Yeah, we're going to keep it pretty pretty raw, right. you know, yeah. Yeah, pretty loose. It's like jazz, you know, just kind of canoodle around. Um, kind of while I'm trying to figure this out, Trying to think of any other fun topics or ideas that we can discuss. I mean, we touched on keyboards. We could even go over them for just a yeah, we could here. rip I mean, over you know, that. Really obviously, quick. I'm sure we could spend a whole episode on really the nitty gritty. But oh, we can. As a starter, sure. we're both just pretty into mechanical keyboards. I mean, we're both kind of rocking one here as we record. Uh, myself, I'm on a. Uh, they call it a code keyboard. Um, it's just a pretty standard full-size one. Um, the switches that I are being used are Cherry MX Clears, which are heavier MX Browns, if you're familiar with anything like that. Um, they are tactile, and the thing that makes them pretty unique is they ramp up pretty hard when you get to close to bottoming out in terms of the force that it takes, something like 80 grams. 
So uh, they're probably my second favorite switch. Um, Christoph is using one of my keyboards that has my favorite switch. You oh, want to yeah. maybe talk about that for a second? Sure, definitely. I can't remember what Graham's, but they're the Zelios for oh, my yeah. Filios. Yeah, absolutely. They're the 67s? I think, so. Six, I think 67. I think the 67s. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out here. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could, I could pull it up. It's not that So hard. essentially, there's some seriously hardcore um, fans of, of mechs out there. I would consider one that dabbles in it, but... Uh, Zelios are a custom switch that take an original tactile switch, I believe like clears or other such things, and they lube them and they add some gold springs and, oh nice, pulled it up on your computer and you do have the 67 grams. They're also purple, which is one of my favorite colors. Super nice. So that's yeah. obviously imperative to really have the <laughs> I have the keyboard of your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm struggling with the, uh, the BIOS key here. And I don't... So is it one of those things where you have to hold down function? So it's actually the opposite, and that's what I just found out. So <laughs> oh, it's, no. It's F12. So, right, the okay. top keys that we have on our work machines have, you know, the mute volume up, down. They're Lenovo's or the 8th Gen i5s or modern fucking whatever. Um, but essentially... Uh, oh, a data Ubuntu. Oh, it remembers, or rather, I don't think I cleared it of Rufus OEM install for manufacturers. No, I need to start in. I need to start it, and then from there, uh, after testing it off the USB drive, there is an option to install. Yeah, it's always nice to mess around, right? You know, which just is like the, you know, make sure like you like it, you know, like, preferable option. Right, I, for I, sure. I, 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 the flexibility. Yeah, it's nice. super cool that you can boot off the USB drive and all gets loaded into RAM, and that's awesome. You know, yeah, it's super fast, and it's a great way to maybe kind of without a commitment just try something out. Yeah, and actually, for some <laughs> of those e-waste machines that I was talking about earlier, that was the only way that I could do it because some of them just lacking hard drives entirely or had dead hard drives. Um, so I just had to run it off a USB key for the uh, time being. So uh, out of all no order here, that was proper English, but essentially the theory that we should be abiding by is creating a partition beforehand for my Mint install so that I can have two separate environments, but I don't believe I did that. So Paul, the the Linux guru, what what do you suppose I should do as a as an ignorant user? Let's just put that hat on right now. All oh, right, so you're trying to you want to partition the disk, right? Yeah, okay. I'm just gonna click install Linux. So Mint. I'm a I'm a newcomer. I I don't know what's going on. A friend of mine told me to do this, and I'm confused, and I just want to get it done. I want to get it done now. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and do this, and feel free to to yell at me at any point while uh, I, I should not be doing it. Connecting to the network. Uh, uh, super secure network password. The best, really. For our home. Um, that entropy, though, mm, technically sure. is secure. quite secure. Uh, I don't... Uh, yeah, I would go ahead and check that box. Yeah. We're checking the install third-party software for graphics and Wi-Fi hardware. That's the second time it's gone to sleep, but that's okay. And turning off secure boot, so then we can get uh, that stuff installed. Yeah, I mean, so I'm curious to see what if you have any remnants of the previous installs. Um, 
partition. In terms of you might have a partition left that we can just install over. Maybe. So we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot here. We might have to boot back into Windows to... Uh, Probably. You know, give it the old fix, but not a big deal. NBD. Yeah, so we've got the install Linux Mint alongside Windows Boot Manager. Uh, and they said if you continue, the changes listed below will be written to the disks. Otherwise, you will be able to make further changes manually. Partition tables of the following devices are changed. Uh, dev NVMe on one. And the following partitions are going to be formatted. Partition 5 of den dev NVMe uh, on one as X4 from partition five. You think we should just hit continue there and say? Ooh, okay. Uh, probably. Go ahead and, yeah, go back. Yeah. If we do that. What's the something else option? Oh, yeah. Risa A. There yeah, it so is. That might That's be, the one yeah, that I'm we want to look. I'm curious to see what you got here. So we have free space. One That's day. like well, this is a hundred gigabytes of free space, approximately, right? Yeah. See that one right guy. there? No, the that one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that should be the that's, that's the one. That's the remnant. So you're gonna want to do. Um, so we're gonna have to do the thing that's three different ones. So maybe like do like a 25 gigabyte. Yeah. So again, yeah, you just hit the plus button there. Yeah. Do that and then cut Tw this like, one down. Like 25,000 approximately. Sure. Yeah. Right. And then it's gonna be the mount point. You're going to want to click the drop down and just do slash. Slash for our root directory. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, on that guy. And then that's going to take that out of the free space. Again, click on the rest of it. We're going to have to make a. So maybe like, how much RAM is on this? Like 8 gigabytes? Yeah, sure. So, Swap space. so 8,000. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And then it's going to be the amount for. Oh, it's going to be use as, sorry. And then it's going to be swap area. Swap area. Perfect. Fun. And then the rest of that leftover is just going to be for the uh, the slash home. Oh, not boot. Yeah, um, perfect. All right, cool. cool. So I've got about 64 gigs to download all my music, movies, and Yeah, so that, that should photos. be all set. So I can go ahead and hit install now. should be, should be fine. It should be okay because it knows where I go if I hit install now. Okay. And yeah. For reference, it has a 256. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's all expected stuff. Well, I'm glad that it still had that leftover partition from when you installed Super it earlier. Nice. That made it really convenient. Yeah. So I actually have installed uh, Mint on this machine before, but there was some stability issue uh, that resulted in a really bizarre. Uh, graphical enigma i suppose that was bizarre i've definitely never seen it before yeah definitely pretty uh, pretty wild yeah uh it how do i describe it essentially the backlight of the display um, was going from peak to none it would essentially cycle it would get very bright it would get very dim it would go back and forth the bizarre things you could see the windows install which yes. was i didn't make any sense to me because you were booted into linux but somehow yes. so i was convinced it was a hardware issue but then somebody else using the exact same hardware reproduced it yes using their machine i was like <laughs> it was very bizarre weird right? super weird yeah i would I, yeah i booted back into windows and then there was essentially a ghosted image of the last thing that i saw <coughs> on my my mint desktop in the background 
and it would change if I held a transparent or otherwise white window and dragged it around almost like a little uh, uh, eyeglass of some kind. It's very bizarre um, but we're gonna give it a go again um, if it reproduces again, then I might just have to move away from Mint in this machine uh, permanently. But... I, feel, I feel pretty confident because the, the... was it Mint before that you installed that you had the issues with, or was it different? I can't uh, remember. This machine? Or... Yeah, on this machine. This machine, it was Mint. Okay. Same deal, okay. but I think it's gone through some revisions. No one quote me on that. I'm sure but it has. We tried I mean, it. Yeah, positive. I could always give it the old... I don't know, Fedora or something. Sure. So those, right. are, those are personally are the most distros that I yes. move between most commonly. Um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on your machine, on your same machine, you have Fedora running here. It's been pretty good. I would say the only thing that really screwed me over at some point is one of the kernel upgrades just, for whatever reason, would randomly lock up the entire machine. Hmm. So at some point when I went to boot in, I was just hitting the down arrow one time with the grub menu and just using the previous revision until it finally updated and then fixed itself somehow. <laughs> Super <laughs> weird. I was like, yeah. man, those Linux issues, sometimes you just get random ones, which is probably the biggest downside, I would say, is, you know, 100%. in a professional work environment, you don't want to spend time fixing stuff that should just work, right. which is why things like Windows or Mac are just more common because they can come with support or the developers spend more right. time making their products work on an environment, which is, I would say, the biggest argument for, that I've really heard. I would say. Yeah, definitely. It's the, uh, the uh, well, the old motto of, or at least, I don't know if it was ever official, but the, it just works. Right, it just for, works. Right. For Apple right. at the bare minimum and their products, um, which is at this point in a, in a, in a classic tech podcast environment oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. We just have to obviously <laughs> point out the oh, no. inaccuracy of these statements, you know, so far. Right. Um, we follow a, a, a Lewis Rosman on, on YouTube, a prominent um, repair uh, person for uh, Mac, most notably, I suppose, just because that, that can be a very lucrative business to be in. Right. Especially with the uh, new generation of scissor switches that the low pro low profile scissor switches that they include on the new macbooks um, <laughs> good luck on your twenty five hundred dollar machine when you're uh well treated perfectly maintained uh computer stops working because its keyboard had a speck of dust under it and uh you, you either had to have apple care or you got to shell out some serious money to get it repaired by them so there's there's definitely some some things to be said, but software wise, obviously, right, the, the yeah. concept of it just right, works. Right, right, right. The uh, uh, big man corporation bashing aside, um, definitely very nice to have an environment where you're not fiddling around with um, updating or making sure stability is is there. Like the everyone. Uh, uh, oh, this is a perfect segue into our sponsor, Squarespace. I'm Ooh, I wish uh, that'd be I really cool if we had a sponsorship. <laughs> but yeah, so, hey guys, uh, hit us up with that uh, that sweet sponsorship. Um, but the, their whole mantra, after hearing it nine million times from um, from prominent YouTubers and podcasts that I listen to, the idea of there is nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Right, I mean, it's very lucrative. I've definitely, to, I think the, the worst thing I've heard is like. They don't run an antivirus mm. because they're. I'm not saying that you know I don't really run anything heavy on any of my machines, but I also feel like I'm in a. I'm generally pretty you know careful about things, and I do also 
for the record, I do run Windows, Mac, and Linux all regularly, so I am relatively familiar with everything going on there. But just the the notion that somebody will just kind of think they're better or maybe well-educated enough or they're on like a Mac so they just can't get viruses at all, which is untrue. Sure, they're less common than those of a micro, market share, but still the same software that is exploits, particularly I would say like something like a Microsoft product hmm. could very commonly be exploited on Mac as well as Windows um, pretty easily. I've seen that happen before. So, yeah. Nice. And actually, while we were talking... Uh, the install finished. Oh, great! Had for probably a little bit there. That's awesome. Rebooted That's it. You want to maybe go ahead and like you know pull up the old uh, web browser, open up a web page, and maybe that'll be a pretty good way to kind of wrap up this first episode here. Yeah. Now that we kind of gave it a great start. You know? Yeah, I think so. Right, and I think I think in future episodes, or perhaps our next one, we can kind of talk about getting the. Uh, a work environment. So oh, that would be ideal. I would love very that. Very ideal, yeah. right, yeah. especially because I, this will be my working machine um, for both school and professional work. Um, so a Unix environment and kind of getting uh, some stuff set up for uh, easy web development, um, kind of running through some basics on uh, command line usage, installs, and so on, um, which, ooh, another thing that we could talk about um, on the Windows size, chocolatey. Because I actually oh, messed yeah, with yeah, 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 chocolatey yeah. a little bit over the summer um, after my uh, uh, Linux install fragged my system. So after reinstalling, uh, reinstalling uh, Windows, as was suggested by our um, head of IT, I suppose you could call him. Yes, yeah, so um, head of IT. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so after doing that, I had you know a fresh install of Windows, and I said, you know, grumble, grumble, grumble. I'm, uh, you know, I don't want to dick around with this for hours at a time well there right. goes family friendliness i think that was the first slip up that we had but uh <laughs> but uh you know so i i messed around with chocolatey a little bit and i actually had a really good time um for those who don't know it's like npm for it's a package manager for windows yeah so yeah it, it it does things like maybe homebrew for mac or whatever the one that comes installed on your linux or of choice i mean there's obviously a ton of common ones but being able to kind of manage stuff from the command line opens up a whole new world of kind of, uh, I would say just, I mean, possibilities is cliche, but in terms of you can do uh, auto updates for scripting, kind of manage it differently. Um, I, I personally just think it's a bit of a more convenient way to install things. Obviously not all the time, but, you know, I remember like back uh, back in the day, oh boy, this was only a couple years ago, but... When uh, Adam GitHub's text text editor was uh, first released, they had like the beta only available uh, installed on Chocolatey. So that was my oh, wow. first, I, I would say, experience that. with it. I haven't used it a ton of time, but yeah. Yeah, I can't say my usage was extensive, but it's certainly an interesting uh, a topic to cover because it kind of adds some of those uh, highly touted uh, Linux-y features to something like a Windows uh, desktop environment. But uh, we're going to keep this one a little short. Oh, I see you're also on Unsplash, looking for a new <laughs> wallpaper to uh, to add to the background. Not that the Mint one isn't beautiful out of the box, but you know what? A nice high-resolution... Ooh, this is beautiful. Nice. Nice high-resolution uh, photo to pump down is is never a bad idea save file 
Daniel Ola at Dan's Duet 10. Thank you on Unsplash for this beautiful background image of Zion National Park, somewhere that I would love to visit someday. I think that would be absolutely incredible. Um, take some photos out there and all that jazz, of which, uh, Paul, both you and I are uh, kind of in uh, photography that would, that would a little bit. Yeah. There's certainly many topics to explore right. uh, in future episodes. And uh, probably, uh, we could probably work on doing it at a weekly thing. Just slice out. I mean, it makes hour. so you know we we could you know we could slam a bunch at yeah. once, release them True. as we please. You yeah. know, it's one of the, it doesn't have to happen like it, it's 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 a linear sequential process, yeah, sure. but it doesn't have to happen necessarily in real time. Sure, you know? sure. But don't tell the audience that. Oh, whoa, yeah, whoa! Right. They the, don't know the that. industry secrets. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, quick. Let's record ten more hours of this and, and not tell anyone and say last week and this week and and all that uh, other fun stuff. So I think with that, you got to get going I do have to, get going, to some yeah. event work that right. we're, uh, that you're going to partake in. But yeah. you know what? I think this was a this was excellent. Yeah. A great first podcast.